Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at SiteVisibility.com. Now it's important to understand what your competitors are up to, especially in SEO, and in today's show, Kelvin explores the best ways to do this, all coming up in Internet Marketing. Now one of the metaphors and analogies that I use all the time when talking about um, search engine optimization is the idea that Google aren't really who you're in competition with. A lot of people kind of think that when they're trying to perform better in the search engine results, that their job is to kind of beat Google. Well, actually, that's completely the wrong attitude to take. It actually doesn't really reflect the reality of how search engine optimization really works. Because what you're really doing is you're competing against your competitors. And to kind of use the analogy, um, Google aren't the competitor, right? They're the referee. They're setting the rules. They're setting the parameters. But essentially who you're up against is your competitors. And essentially what happens is the moment that someone sort of types into the search results, a competition takes place between you and your competitors to see who does better at Google's rules um, for that particular search term. So what that means is if you want to do better in search, if you want to get more traffic from search, if you want to rank higher on certain keywords or phrases, you want more people coming through to your site and doing what you want them to do, then you need to understand what your competitors are doing. Because if they're outranking you, there's clearly something they're doing that's working well that you might want to learn from and replicate. And if you're outranking them, there's clearly something you're doing that they're not that you should be doing more of to make more of that competitive advantage. So your most successful link building efforts will always be informed by understanding what's worked for your competitors. And there's a number of tools I wanted to kind of talk through in this podcast episode um, to give you a bit better context of the understanding of your link building. So I'm going to go through four tools here and it's difficult to demonstrate a tool on an audio podcast but what I wanted to do was to show you some of the insights using a couple of live examples um, that I've extracted from these tools to give you an idea of some of the things you might want to be looking at and some of the insights you might be able to pick up by looking at your competitors so there's essentially four tools here two of them are freemium tools which you can use a certain amount of for free and two of them are completely free tools because I know that in some cases it's good to use free tools so the first of those is Majestic SEO. The second of those is SEO Moz, or Moz as they're now known, um, their Open Site Explorer. 
then Social Crawlytics, and finally Tom Anthony's Link Profiler, which is a Google Doc, which does rely on exporting some data from Google Open Site Explorer. But in most cases, the data you can export from their free account is sufficient to use Tom Anthony's Link Profiler. So, first of all, you need to determine who your competitors are. And instinctively, you'll probably have a pretty good idea of who they are. You know, you'll know who you'll be bidding against if you're in a service business. You'll know who people will buy from if you're in an e-commerce business. But you need to kind of understand potentially that there are other competitors in the mix. And if you broaden the scope of who you're thinking of of as your competitors, you will probably get better insights in terms of how you can replicate their link building. So the first question I always ask when deciding who to look at for competitor research is to look at who ranks. So I carry out a number of the key search queries that we're hoping to perform well on and see who ranks for those search results. And what's interesting there is it might well present completely different websites from who you think about. Most e-commerce environments, it's actually Amazon and eBay you're up against rather than a specialist retailer like yourself or maybe one of the major supermarkets. Um, It might also even be Wikipedia if you're kind of at all dealing with any kind of informational queries. Now, Understanding that they're your competitors gives you a sense of some of the scale, some of the challenge that you'll be facing in order to try and rank for those terms. Another good top tip is to go to Google and type in related, then a colon, then a domain name. So like um, related colon brightonseo.com. Now what that would do would return, it's an advanced search query and it would return on Google websites which Google is saying are related or similar in content to um our website the website that we put in there you can do your website you can do your competitors websites there as well now interestingly it does a pretty good job of picking up related websites so for example although brighton seo is a digital marketing conference if i were to put brightonseo.com in i'd probably also get site visibility's website showing up because there's connections between those two websites even if one is a digital marketing agency and one is a digital marketing conference it doesn't necessarily just show me my competitors there but it would also show other conferences which are similar there as well so that gives me some ideas of ones i could go after as well and if you're a large-scale website, potentially a publisher, um, Google's Ad Planner can be a really good tool as well. I'll drop a link into the show notes about how to find Google Ad Planner. But essentially, it's a tool that's designed to help sell display advertising. And it will show you related websites to that. Now, you have to be of a certain kind of scale to really register on Google Ad Planner. So if you're kind of a small organisation, it's unlikely you or your competitors will be appearing on Google Ad Planner, particularly if they're e-commerce websites as well. But well worth playing with that tool generally because it can give you some really interesting demographic information about some of the most popular websites that are out there. And a final tip, one that you might not have thought of to find websites who are potentially competitors of yours is to go into LinkedIn. So go into the LinkedIn um, profile, the company page for your business, and down the right-hand column on the right-hand side, there will be the LinkedIn company insights. And in that company insights, they'll show people also viewed these other companies. Now, this works particularly well in a B2B context, perhaps less well in a B2C context. Um, But looking at those similar companies, those that are kind of connected to you in the eyes of LinkedIn, is a really good idea of finding other companies who might not have been on your initial list of competitors. So Majestic SEO, the first of the tools I wanted to talk about today. It's one of the most powerful and comprehensive link building tools out there. Um, And it's really the best tool there is at understanding the when of link building, which I think is really, really important. I think the velocity at which a website is picking up links is important. I think the rate of growth, the kind of at which point did a link 
get acquired and did that have an impact on rankings is really, really important. So from that perspective, it's far and away my favourite link building tool. But being honest, there are some downsides to it. It has a very steep learning curve compared to some of the other tools out there. It is a little bit ugly around the edges it's very much a functional tool rather than a pretty tool it doesn't produce lots of nice pretty reports which some of the other tools do do but if you're a power user if you really want to get to the data majestic have the best data set of anyone out there now what are some of the questions you want to be asking yourself when you're using the tool well you want to be looking for urls which are getting the lion's shares of links you get kind of power law distributions so like 80 20s and and the like there so on a particular website not all of their pages are going to be getting links uniformly there's going to be particular pages of their site which have far higher um, volumes of links than others and those URLs, those pages, clearly something about those pages is resonating with the people with the power to link. So you want to understand that because you might want to replicate or learn from the content they're doing or understand that they're obviously doing some outreach to that particular page and understand who is linking to that page and what about that outreach is being particularly successful. Now, you just don't want to be looking just at the the volume of links. You want to be looking at the kind of trust of them as well. So... Um, there's also that aspect as well and there's kind of trust rank um, which is uh, one of the uh, trust flow sorry which is one of the scores which is used within Majestic SEO so you also want to be looking at which pieces of content got the most trusted links because there might be pages of their site which are getting hundreds of links but from very low quality sites and there might be other pages which have relatively fewer links but they're all from really trusted websites those are the ones that you want to be learning from those are the websites that you want to be approaching and also, I tend to like to ask myself when I'm using Majestic SEO, are there particular academic or educational institutions which are particularly supportive of your competitors? Because they're really good places to go after for links. Not because academic or educational institutions or government institutions fundamentally have better websites, but as a general rule, as a shortcut, it tends to be harder to get links on those websites than it would be on a .com or a .co.uk or a .com.au. So that can be a good shortcut for finding trusted links which are going to have a big impact on your search performance. So there's a huge amount of um, sophistication with Majestic SEO and I wanted to pull out some data insights that I use just from their pages tab. And I used eConsultancy, a company who I do some training for, as an example, competitor to kind of understand some of the things that you could pull out from a pages report um, on Majestic SEO. So for example, I found that generally topics about avoiding negative things on their blogs tended to get better links and get more links than those are about positives, right? So that's a really interesting content insight that I can reflect moving forward with my content, right? So I can find that actually rather than writing an article about 10 ways to improve your pay-per-click advertising, I might be better to title that or at least um, frame that in terms of 10 ways to avoid a pay-per-click problem. And that kind of makes sense from a psychological perspective. Some of you have listened to previous podcasts will know I'm interested in kind of behavioural economics and psychology. And this kind of fits into lots of versions. So someone would you know, quite often think about ways to avoid bad things rather than achieve good things. So that's something that might not be true in your sector, but for um, looking at e-consultancy as a potential competitor, if I was a, if I was trying to rival some of their links, that's certainly something that I could learn. Also, again, perhaps self-evident, but this will vary from sector to sector. I found looking at them, their list posts tended to get very well shared and very well linked to. So when I'm framing up, putting together my content ideas, I should definitely be thinking about building link list posts, i.e. top 10s or 50 tips or 101 ideas. All of these types of content ideas work particularly well for them. So therefore, I want to be kind of learning from that and using that 
knowledge to improve the success of my content marketing and my content production. Um, I also found that there were particular academic and educational institutions, for example, MMU, which run the MSC, um, so Manchester Metropolitan University, which are kind of quite well connected to e-consultancy. So if I was trying to get some links like e-consultancy, I'd probably want to be talking to MMU and trying to understand why is it that they link to e-consultancy? What are they collaborating on? And how can I get involved in that type of thing as well? And I don't know if you know e-consultancy, but they kind of have two main means of publishing. They have their blog posts, which are free for anyone to view and read. And they have their reports, which are kind of behind a paywall. Um, Now, the reports never got anywhere near as many links as their blog posts. But the quality of those links tended to be much, much higher. So... If I was looking just at the numbers and not trying to appreciate the quality, I'd maybe go after, okay, well, I need to be doing blogging. I don't need to be worrying about long-form, high-value. Not to say that their blog posts aren't high-value, but relatively, there's a difference between a 1,000-word blog post and a 10,000-word report. Um, If I'd been looking just at volume, I'd be concentrating on those blog posts. Whereas, actually, if I was looking at quality, which in many cases is what you'll probably need rather than quantity, then actually those longer-form, higher-value... pieces of content tend to perform much better for them now next up on my list is open site explorer from moz.com formerly seo moz now open site explorer doesn't have the depth of index or really some of the advanced functionality of majestic seo but it is far more intuitive and much easier to get your head around and it produces far more attractive reports which shouldn't be an issue but being realistic being pragmatic the ease in which you can use a tool makes it more likely that you are going to use it and so to some extent although majestic is far more powerful i do find myself very frequently using open site explorer perhaps more frequently than majestic seo for those kind of snapshot reports where i want to get a, an insight in terms of what a website is doing from a backlink perspective but i don't want to get too bogged down in the detail um so what are some of the questions I want to be using if I'm you know, asking myself if I'm using OpenSight Explorer? Well, they've got a different index of links. So it's going to... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
highlight different content so if I'm using both tools which does happen I'm going to want to kind of look at well what's the difference between these two data sets does that highlight different pieces of content or different websites providing links and I think that um, Open Site Explorer does a really good job of kind of understanding the domains that are doing the linking now I think Majestic is really good at looking at the pages doing the linking um, SEO Moz does a, a better job of kind of pulling out the, the domains that are doing the linking there. Now that's sometimes easier for me because a, a domain might link multiple times to the same web page, and if I can find those domains, those who domains who have um, a high propensity to link frequently, I think they're good people to be going after as well. And actually, Open Site Explorer does a really good job of kind of if you put like four or five competitors in, it will compare across all those metrics and show you which areas are particular sites are doing strong in in terms of metrics as well. So that's another thing I like to do: use it far more for comparisons between websites. Whereas Majestic SEO tends to be good at looking at one particular website in a huge amount of detail. So here I use D Consultancy. I use Smart Insights. They're a similar kind of website run by Dave Chaffee and Mashable, who again many will many of you will know as a publisher of um, digital marketing information. So and what did I learn putting those three competitors in to Open Site Explorer? Well, I found that the ratio between followed and no followed links on Smart Insights and Mashable was similar. The breakdown was much the same whereas e-consultancy had a much lower ratio of no followed links i.e more followed links which if we're looking from an entirely seo perspective can be a good thing so we're trying to understand what is it that um, e-consultancy are doing that's attracting followed links that is different from what smart insights and mashable are doing now in this case it was largely kind of those reports that i talked about whereas mashable and smart insights did have longer form reports like that they weren't attracting the same quality of followed links or the same volume of followed links that mashable and smart insights were doing and it's good to look at that in terms of proportions as well mashable has in absolute numbers far more links than either e-consultancy does and e-consultancy has more links than smart insights do but if i can look at them as proportions that helps me kind of understand in a good way the types of links i should be trying to get as well and interestingly i then started to look at the anchor text so looking at the distribution of different anchor texts that were sending links to the different websites i found e-consultancy in this example had a really high number of author brand anchor text links i.e um you know where the name of the writer was used as a link through to the the piece and you want to be asking yourself is this a deliberate strategy and i don't think it is but i think it's a good reflection of the editorial approach that e-consultancy have they have a large number of contributors some of them are guest contributors some of them are staff contributors and that kind of real focus on the people doing the writing enables them to get links via different anchor texts from different places that they wouldn't be getting from other websites like Mashable where their author is far less obvious it's more about the publisher brand whereas it seems e-consultancy it's about the contributor brand as well so that's an interesting insight as well. If I'm trying to do well there, do I want to be more like e-consultancy and have lots of author brand links, which are potentially uh, more diverse and might help well? Or do I want to let my authors take more of a back seat and make it all about my particular brand? And interestingly as well, you can extract some basic social sharing data as well from Open Site Explorer. So I found there that there was a particular piece, it was a couple of years old, that had done really, really well for links, but had not done many you know social shares and it tends to be that the two are pretty well connected so a good piece of content gets lots of social shares and it gets lots of links as well uh, but this netflix piece didn't it got lots of links but not many social shares now why was that it's because it was being referenced quite a lot in kind of academic institutions or kind of you know uh, theses and dissertations and and the like there as well 
Now that's interesting for me because I want to get content that does well in both contexts, but what I want is content that does well for social shares, but gets more links than it should do for the amount of social shares that it's doing. So potentially I can kind of write to appeal to that audience. Now, next up on my list is Social Crawlytics, which is a website um, built by a friend of mine, Yusef Sakanda, And it's a really clever little tool that does one thing exceptionally well it allows it's free to use um you have a certain limit of credits and once they run out you have to tweet to get more credits but there's no cash that exchanges hands for using the tool now, essentially what it allows you to do is plug in a website which could be yours or could be a competitor's and look through that website and see which page of those sites got the most social shares and it looks at facebook twitter pinterest StumbleUpon, um, google plus all of the major social networks so it's really good at helping you understand which pieces of your content or your competitors are most widely shared on social networks. Now, I don't want to get into the detail here today um, about whether social shares are, are replacing links or could replace links or are part of the algorithm or aren't part of the algorithm. What I will say is that from all of my experience, content which is widely socially shared tends to attract links. Now, whether one's causing the other or not, it doesn't really matter. I think it's more of a case of good content is popular bad content isn't popular now if i can find out which content of my competitors is popular my hope is that i can do a good job of making my own content popular so some of the questions i like to ask myself when using the tool is are there particular formats of content that do particularly well i do infographics do better than videos in my sector or do podcasts do better um i also want to be looking at which particular networks attract the most interaction you might find a surprising outcome so for example when I look at Site Visibility's website through Social Crawlytics, I find that a lot of our content does very, very well on StumbleUpon. We don't have a specific StumbleUpon strategy, yet it still delivers really, really good results for us. So potentially when we're looking to improve our social media strategy, we'd probably want to ref- maybe spend a little bit more time in terms of you know focusing on StumbleUpon because it can deliver good value for us as well. And also we want to be looking about what some of the underlying needs are of those popular content. So what you don't want to do is look at popular content and go, well, I'll do just my version of that. What you want to try and do is get behind the skin of what that content, what need is that solving? What problem is that solving? What kind of um, emotional motivation is that? does that content have? Because that's what you're going to want to learn from and replicate. So again, using e-consultancy as an example, I found that the content that's most widely socially shared doesn't always match up with the most links, but there is a pretty good correlation there as well. I was able to see that Twitter and LinkedIn were their most popular networks, which again, if I was them, if I was a competitor of theirs, that's where I want to be investing my time socially. But interestingly, there was a misnomer to that. So Google Plus seemed to do really, really well for content about Google. And that isn't just the kind of thing that people on Twitter like to talk about Twitter and people on um, Facebook like to talk about Facebook. It was all of the Google properties. So YouTube Um, stories about YouTube tended to do disproportionately well on Google Plus compared to some of the other networks. And some of that's going to be a little bit of a bias there. But that's interesting, right? So what that means is if you're not kind of in that space, this is an easy example because it's Google Plus tends to favour content about Google properties. But in your sector, that might be different. It might be Pinterest is really, really popular for content about a particular area of your website so then what that then allows you to do is rather than just having a blanket approach that this social network is better than that social network instead what we can do is go this social network is better for this type of topic so then on a case-by-case basis on particular topics or areas of your site you can focus your social media marketing accordingly 
And again, list posts tend to dominate. But interestingly, there was one particular piece, which was um, uh, 13, 13 Things to Think About in 2013, got shared really, really widely. But looking at my other reports that I did Majestic SEO and Open Site Explorer, got very poorly linked to. Now, what is it about that? If my objectives are merely social media and traffic, that's not a problem. That was a good piece. But if my objectives were to try and generate links that lead to better search results... There was something about that piece that did really well socially, but not well links. And in that case, I think it was it was a kind of, I suppose, a popcorny piece. Not to be, you know, judgmental about it. It was a really good article that was really, really widely socially shared, but perhaps didn't have the depth of content that really leads to links. So it's that kind of distinction potentially between uh, immediately valuable content, perhaps gets lots of social shares, content that perhaps has a little bit longer term value might attract more links. Now that's an assumption, but the data seem to bear it out in this particular example. And the final tool is Tom Anthony's Link Profiler. It's a Google Doc where you cut and paste in either straight from Open Site Explorer or using their API to pull in lots of data about all of your competitors. And what it does is it breaks up the domain authority distribution of your links and plots that on a graph where you can compare yourself to your competitors. And as I've talked about before in podcasts, where you are compared to your competitors is really, really important. You want to know what your distribution is and how that differs from some of your other competitors. So does your, and this is looking at percentages rather than absolute numbers as well. So is a greater proportion of your links from more trusted websites than your competitors or not? Are the websites which are ranking higher, do they tend to have a greater distribution from more trusted websites? And where you are in context to you is really, really, uh, to your competitors is really, really important. So, what am I asking myself when I'm using the tool? Well, I'm asking myself, is there a competitor in the space that has an unusual distribution of how their links um, are distributed? Um, even if most of the websites have a really good fit, what are the anomalies within that? And how does my the distribution in my sector differ from others, right? So the distribution you would find in gaming would be different from travel, which would be different from e-commerce, which would be different from hobbies and the like as well. So I use the tool again for a bunch of different sort of marketing publication websites. And I found some interesting ones as well. So there were many content-driven sites and mostly of a similar scale. So there was a general good fit. Most of them had a similar distribution. But one of the websites that I used, which was Smart Insights, had a really unexpected peak um, in distribution of really highly trusted websites. Well, what was it that caused that distribution? Well, I was then able to go, okay, let's look at the really high domain authority links for Smart Insights. What about them makes them similar? And in that particular case, it's Dr. Dave Chaffee, who's really highly regarded in the academic world, and he was getting academic references. Um, so that led to this kind of real peak of high domain authority websites. So if I'm going up against them, if I'm wanting to have that kind of peak, that's an insight that I've picked up. For example, Chinwag, who are in you know, the example I'm kind of talking about here, they had a different sort of wider bell curve so they didn't have kind of as many uh you know the proportion was more evenly spread across the domain authorities and they had a slightly different business model now they they curate more content than create it now that's interesting so if i'm learning that websites that are creating content get a certain kind of distribution and links that are curating get a different kind of distribution might that inform my content strategy going forward now, really, what I wanted to say here is there's a number of great link building tools out there. And what I don't 
what I think the danger is is sometimes you go, go, okay, who's thinking to my competitors? Let's drop them an email. That's not where I think the real value comes in backlink analysis or competitor analysis. Where the real value comes from is picking out the trends within that data, the patterns, the behaviours within that data, and using that to inform what I do moving forward. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six or one five oh. If you're inside the UK, it's O one two seven three two five six one five oh. And you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.